With the 14th pick in the 2019 NBA Draft, the Boston Celtics select Romeo Langford, Grant Williams, Carson Edwards, Tremont Waters, Vincent Poirier, Javante Green, Robert Williams III, Jimmy Ogilvy, Brad Wanamaker, Daniel Tice, Ennis Cantor, Taco Fall, Marcus Smart, Gordon Hayward, Jalen Brown, Jason Tatum, Kemba Walker, from the University of Connecticut. And we are back with another episode of From the Rafters, this time with Around the Association. Uh, This is where Sam and I try to talk about things other than the Celtics, even though we usually end up just talking about the Celtics a little bit during the show. So um, that being said, the opening question I have for you today, Sam, is what is your favorite NBA jerseys, not including the Celtics? Like which ones I like the best? Yeah, I mean, Um, you can choose like old school, like the retro ones. You can choose like the normal colorways, but... Let me think. There's a lot of choices, obviously. Kind of like the Pacers jerseys. Interesting. I've never heard that before. I've never heard uh, that. You have reasoning? Well, else do I? I like the colors. That's fair. I like the Heat jerseys <laughs> a lot. Heat jerseys are sick. Oh, the yeah, the, the pink ones are mm-hmm. nice. Even just the red ones, I think, are fresh. But in, in general, I feel like the Heat have a really good grasp on like colorways and stuff, so... The way they do it. Do you have a least favorite? I didn't have this written down, but I'm curious. Uh, trying to think. There's some definitely some ugly ones. I know. Uh, I know. I, I don't love the the regular Memphis jerseys. Yeah, yeah, those are kind of weird. The Vancouver ones are fresh, but the the blue ones are kind of whack. I don't love those. I hate every single Pistons jersey ever. Personally, that's funny because I actually don't mind the Pistons. Jerseys. Really, I just think they're so bland. I don't know. I think I, they're bland too, but I think I don't know. I think it's kind of cool. I guess I, I hate the racing stripe, especially like the the alternate oh, ones. Yeah, the Barcelona jersey. Yeah, that one's just uh, that one's just questionable in my opinion. Uh, anyways, so around the association, obviously we talk about the NBA, but with what's going on last night, we got to start off with the Celtics, like. Ooh, baby, let's fucking go. That's exactly what I needed after game four. Do you want to just give me your thoughts on game five? Yeah, so, like, I don't – I'm kind of sick of being stressed out during games, and uh, I didn't have to be stressed yesterday, so I was lit. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, Celtic – we talked about it yesterday. If you listen to our regular show, which you probably do if you're listening to this, um, Celtics came to play, and that's what you said. They need to make shots. They need to play with more intensity. They made their shots. They came out almost. They came out pretty hot. Yeah, I mean, they were on fire. You know who else was on fire? Jalen Brown. That was huge yeah. for him. He was huge. It was just a good team win. Like if you look at the box score, everyone was getting their buckets in. The starting lineup got their buckets. Brad Wanamaker played really well. Just overall, like. Outside of Grant Williams, who scored that three late in the game, it was Tatum, Brown, Tice, Smart, Walker, and Wanamaker that literally did all of the scoring, and they all had 12 or more. So, right. and that's what makes the Celtics so good, in my opinion. That, like, top core of people, like, obviously the bench depth isn't amazing, but that top core of people is enough to make the Celtics championship contenders. <clears throat> well, they, they don't need that bench depth to be anything other than, you know, whatever, because... The Celtics game is 
you've got Kemba, you've got Jason Tatum. You play them, you split them up after the starters come out, you know. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And then you make sure that there's someone there out of those two to uh, guide the bench. No, exactly. I agree. I mean, those top five guys, and then including Brad Wanamaker, too, to make it six, played 28 minutes or more and just carried the team. And that's obviously what's going to be asked of them. And they did a really good job doing it. And then looking at the Raptors side of things, they just couldn't score the ball. Like, Marcus has been shitty the whole series. Marcus uh, is my favorite Raptor. He, I mean, yeah, I, I like the guy. He's a good player. I, I like him as a person. And he keeps missing player. his shots. It's lit. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Oh, I see what you mean. That's why he's your favorite Raptor. I no, like but in general, he probably is, too. Yeah. And I think he's a really good player. But, yeah, he's been missing a lot of shots, and it's awesome. No, it's great. Um, the only ones who can get any scoring done were uh, Powell and Van Vliet. And outside of that, everyone else was kind of just shitty. I mean, Siakam only took nine shots. And remember what we saw with Kemba after the game, uh, game four, he was like, I need to be taking more than nine shots. Siakam, I w- would argue, should be taking like 20 shots a game. He's, I don't know about that. How many do you think he should be taking then? Probably less. I mean, if you're the Raptors, you've got to give him more to Lowry and Van Fleet because they've been the ones doing the scoring. I guess Siakam's so. been terrible this I, whole series. Yeah, I, I guess so if you're thinking about it that way. I was just thinking more in a general sense. Like, he's their best player. He should be getting shots. But Van Fleet got 14 shots. But Norm Powell got 15 shots, the most on the team. I mean, he, he was scoring better than most, I suppose. But yeah, he, he played well yesterday. He only made six of those 15 shots, so it's not like he was insane. It's the first time he's really done anything. But you, like you say, he did have all those shots. So. Yeah, he played well in the Brooklyn series, but... So far in... Well, I mean against one. the Celtics. No, yeah, yeah, yeah of course. First time he's done anything. Of course, yeah. Uh, OG Ananobi looked good. He didn't shoot the ball particularly well, but I, I really like his energy. You know, since we're in, around the association, I can talk about this freely, I suppose. Uh, I just like the way OG plays. I think OG would be a great Celtic, honestly. Like, I feel like he... Yeah, played. he's a good player. He's turned into Middleton now because <laughs> he's a prick and he makes everything. Except for, you know, yesterday he was a little bit off compared yeah. to what he had been. Him and Ibaka both had off games, thank God. Yeah, those guys in the Middletons of the series, honestly. They're both playing well. Um, we saw a lot of Chris Boucher yesterday. Uh, and it wasn't even really in garbage time, I would argue. We saw a lot of him in, like, the third quarter. If you want to call that garbage time, that's okay. But I feel like in the third, they were kind of still looking to come back. So And they were. They were probably looking for something else, you know what I'm saying? Something different. Yeah. But... I didn't really like what I saw from Boucher. I feel like he was sloppy and just kind of out of place the whole time. Um, as for the other guys that they played a lot that they don't normally play, Matt Thomas got a lot of playing time. And yeah, I, I, I feel like they should play him more. It's just he's a defensive liability, and the Celtics do a good job of picking on that. But they need that shooting, especially when they're not hot. And Nurse recognized that yesterday, but I feel like he should have done that earlier in the series. Yeah, and the thing about, um, you know, yesterday is they were looking for something. They were out of the yeah. game early, mm-hmm. so they had to try and find somebody else to come in and be a spark. Like, we kind of talked about it before. You were saying they should have put Carson Edwards in yeah, uh, in game four because, you know, the Celtics had been really bad. Mm-hmm. And so they really needed someone to give them some energy, and that's what the Raptors were looking for. Yeah. And they – didn't find it, thankfully. Mm-hmm. And the Celtics did a great job of keeping their foot on the gas, which is something they usually don't do. Yeah. So them being able to do that was very encouraging. 
And it's also very encouraging that they show that they have a little bit of backbone here. Yes. You know? Yes. After watching what happened last season when they went up one nothing to the Bucks, and it looked like it was going to be really easy for them because of how well they played in that game, and then they lost four straight, it's really encouraging to see them be able to sack up here after losing those two straight games. Yeah. And people writing them off already. No, yeah, I agree. If the Celtics can do that, play with a backbone, and not take their foot off the gas, I think they can beat anybody in a seven-game series. Um, something I wanted to bring up to you uh, was that sweet chin music we got from Pascal Siakam when he like <laughs> horse-kicked Siakam in the face. Um, what, yeah. I, what I wanted to ask you, so we've seen this whole series, Kyle Lowry flopping everywhere, Marcus Smart flopping everywhere, admittedly. Um, if Tice had flopped to the ground, would that have been a tech or a flagrant? I'm serious. Maybe. Like it is Tice. Think about it. it you know, like but, Tice does not get uh what we like to call help yeah. from the officials. So if ever. if Tice had kicked Lowry in the face and Lowry fell down. Oh. Flagrant, right? Oh man. Like that would have been a yeah. flagrant. So they would have stretched they would have had to give Lowry a stretcher. Seriously. So why didn't they get attacked? He literally kicked him in the face. I, I don't see how that's not a flagrant when like half the shit Lowry's complaining about gets looked at for a flagrant. That, that like, like Tyson really complained about it. I don't think you know in a flagrant sense at least. Yeah, I know, but like you shouldn't have to complain to the refs to get your call. I know you do, but you shouldn't have to. It's just it, that's just something that frustrates me. I, I thought that'd be fun to bring up because I feel like definitely if that had happened to it was Lowry, definitely a funny play. I mean, he he didn't do it on purpose. And no, it was yeah, just kind yeah. of. A, it was it was a natural motion because of uh, you know he's in the air he's just flailing around it's not his fault I know yeah you know, yeah he's not trying to kick him but like looking back to game I, mean, I don't think that should have been a, it's not like he like absolutely drilled him either no I know I mean I'm just looking back to game I don't even remember what game it was maybe two when Tice was playing defense and Lowry's just like five foot eleven so Tice's elbow is at his head and Tice kind of yeah. like elbowed him in the head which I understand like. It's probably not great. He they should give Lowry more elbows. Yeah, I mean, like he's right. playing defense, and you're five feet tall, Kyle Lowry. Of course, his elbow is going to hit you in the head. Don't get up next to his fucking swinging arms, you asshole. Like, what? That's not Tice's fault. Just like Siakam didn't mean to WWE kick move uh, Tice in the face. So uh, I just thought it was stupid that some things get text because players complain more, and I wanted to bring that up, but. It's a good point. I didn't really think about that. I mean, I just thought it was kind of funny. He didn't, there wasn't very much uh, momentum yeah. behind the kick. It wasn't a strong kick or anything. So, no, yeah, it, it was definitely funny. I, I'm not saying it's a, a bad thing. Like, I, I don't hold anything against the outcome, but I, I just thought of that and thought it would be interesting to, you know, bring up for a second. Um, other than that, we can move on past the Celtics. Unfortunately, we have to talk about other teams because they exist, but uh, I want to start with the Lakers and the Rockets. Um, Rockets took game one, Lakers took game two. Uh, just give me your series thoughts or predictions, I guess, after the first two games. So I did not watch game one of that, but I did watch the end of the second game, and Westbrook was terrible. Yes. He was missing and missing and missing, and he acknowledged that. So I feel like Westbrook's a player that's established, even though I don't personally think he's the greatest. I think he does a lot of stat padding, but, you know, he won an MVP. So, I mean, regardless of what he does, he's averaged a triple-double and, you know, 
he's he's done impressive things. Yeah, yeah. He's definitely course. a superstar player. He's definitely got the mentality of someone that can certainly bounce back after a rough game like that. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I would say that he can certainly be expected to bounce back. Yeah, I'd agree. I think he just needs to kind of get out of his own head because he's so used to doing everything back when he was in Oklahoma City that now that he's on a team where he doesn't necessarily have to do all the scoring and all the rebounding and all the assisting, he's just taking these stupid shots. And there was a statistic, I don't know the exact numbers, but uh, it's something along the lines of the Rockets only take a certain percentage of mid-range jumpers and Russell Westbrook takes 90% of those. Because obviously, you know, with Mike D'Antoni, he likes to get to the rack or shoot a three. And that's not exactly Russ's game. The get to the rack part clearly, obviously, is um what Russell Westbrook does. But he, I, I would argue, tends to take more mid-range shots than threes. Oh, uh, I agree. And he's, he's not a three-point shooter, and yeah. he was taking a lot of threes at the end of that game. Yeah, and he's not, and not great. He kind of shot them out of the game because they were winning in the fourth, and mm-hmm. then L.A. went on a run, and he continued to shoot the ball. Yeah, he's not great at either of them either, like the mid-ranges or the threes. So if Westbrook can kind of get back to it, because like at the end of the regular season back in March, when he was driving to the paint, that was like, I would argue, one of the best versions of Westbrook we've ever seen. Like he was just dominant uh, with no center. There was so much room for him to work with. Um, But now he's back to shooting. And I don't know what happened. Like something clicked off uh, during the hiatus or during the seeding games that he just kind of like shoots again, which is bad for the Rockets, obviously, because like you said, he did shoot them out of the game. So if he can click back on to that just drive mode, then they'll be in much better shape. Uh, someone else I want to talk about. Yeah, I agree. Robert Covington. I don't know if you saw these stats, but he like leads the league in a bunch of defensive stats uh, for the Rockets. Um, I'm not sure. He hasn't been playing center for them, but I think he's playing like their power forward or something like that. Do you think that Robert Covington, um, we've seen him on the Sixers, we've seen him on the Timberwolves, and now we've seen him on the Rockets. Do you see him as a pure 3 and D player, or do you think there's anything more diverse there? Is he just a great defender that can shoot the ball? He's 3 and D, that's that's what he's always been. Mm -hmm. I don't think there's much more to it. And do you think that's all the Rockets need? Like, because do you think the way the Rockets... I'm trying to frame frame this question the right way. Do you think the Rockets can win a championship with a team of Harden, Westbrook, and only all three and D players? Like, do you think that's a championship contender? Uh, I don't know. It's tough. Mm-hmm. I mean, we'll see. I guess that's that's the best answer I can give you because it's it hasn't been done before. But you know, the Rockets have made it work. Mm-hmm. I mean, I mean, yeah, they have played well. I think there were a lot of question marks as to whether they could have played with ball-dominant guys uh, on the same team. And they outperformed all of those expectations. And so I'm excited to see if they can take down the Lakers. Um, Someone who I would argue is the most important piece in that series is P.J. Tucker. Uh, His defense on Anthony Davis, at least in Game 1, was amazing. Uh, Do you think that he can continue that? Or do you think A.D., like he did in Game 2, is just going to start breaking out and figuring out how to beat P.J.? I don't see why Anthony Davis should not be able to do that. I mean, like, he's heralded as, some would say, the best on the Lakers. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if I would go that far, but he's been anointed a superstar for quite some time, and he hasn't particularly done a lot, uh, you know, from a team standpoint. He hasn't won Yeah. to earn that. 
And I mean, people are trying to say he's better than KG. Yeah. So um, if he's going to be better than KG, he needs to take advantage of that matchup. I agree. I mean, PJ I mean, Tucker. That should be that should be nothing for him. I mean, PJ Tucker's no slouch, man. PJ Tucker's a great defender. He hustles. Just it's the just, size difference. Yeah. Though. All you got to do course. is get him. Now it's easier said than done to get him low in the post and stuff like that, but. Of course, no, yeah, of course. Um, PJ Tucker's been really impressive. Uh, I would argue he's the most important piece on that team because they don't have a center, and he's the guy who's guarding all the big men. So, if Tucker's on defensively and can even manage to get some stops, I think the Rockets win the game. But if Anthony Davis kind of gets by him, uh, then I think it's over. I, I don't think the Rockets will have an actual chance. Yeah, I agree. Uh, so, the next thing I wanted to talk about, uh, moving on to the next series, was the Clippers-Nuggets series. We saw Nuggets take game two, Clippers take game one, I believe, and then the Clippers took game three uh, last night uh, and at the late game. Uh, a quote that I saw in the media was Pat Beverly going at Jokic, saying he's just like Luka Doncic, he's just flailing everywhere. And then Jokic responded with, what do you mean flailing? They took 26 free throws and we took 10. Uh, do you think that, who do you side with in that argument? Like, is it possible to be flailing everywhere and still get no calls? Because I feel like in today's NBA, if you fall down, you just get the call. Yeah, I mean, it depends because, you know, we see Lowry mm-hmm. doing the same thing. He gets calls all the time. Mm-hmm. And when he doesn't get calls, he's, like, bewildered. Like, he can't believe it. Yeah, I mean, and then we always see that stupid Nick Nurse face where he's like, what? Like, what do you mean? And <clears throat> I feel like he does that more than any coach. But um, I, I was just curious because that's weird to me that Pat Beverly – I mean, I guess Pat Beverly does whatever he wants, but – it's weird to see Pat Bev call someone out for flopping when they won the free throw game by 16 free throws. That's like excessive in my opinion. But um, do you think Jamal Murray can carry this series or do you think it's just going to be a Clippers stop from here on out? Uh, I think the Clippers should have no problem. I mean, it's so hard because Jamal Murray's been so, so good in these playoffs. And I think he did prove that he's a superstar. Um, but who, who is he playing against though? Like he's got Patrick Beverly against him now. Patrick Beverly yeah. is known for being a pain in the ass. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I mean, he had Donovan Mitchell on him last series for the most part. And Mike Conley, like the Utah Jazz are a bad defensive team. So it, it's not like he was playing against the Pistons or uh, the Rockets maybe, but <clears throat> I, I definitely do think you're right. He does have harder defenders on him this series. Uh, Jokic put up a crazy stat line in the loss last night, 32, 12 and eight. I guess that's not too crazy because it is Jokic, but I do think the Nuggets have a chance just because of that. Like, who's going to guard Jokic in that series? Yeah. Like, you could say that, like, oh, yeah, Vicha Zubac is going to be on him, but, like, that's the equivalent of saying, yeah, we're going to guard fucking Hakeem Olajuwon with Isaiah Thomas. That that ain't shit. Nicole Jokic is arguably the best center in the NBA. I would say Embiid's better at this point in time. But, um... I think if Jokic can keep playing like that and Murray can just have, like, a decent game, like, 20-25, then the Nuggets have a chance. Because, like, they did take game two. Like, they won a game. Um, and Jokic did have a great game. And, like I said, um, what's his face? Uh, Murray did have a good game. But that was kind of an outlier because Kawhi shot really poorly. And I don't think he'll do that again. Uh, if Kawhi wins the championship this year, is he in the conversation for one of the best ever? Yeah. Really? 
I don't think he gets enough credit. I think he's a really good player, obviously. But, like, I don't know. He He's really humble. He doesn't say a lot. Got to respect it. And I think if he was more outspoken and vocal and, you know, would talk about himself, pat himself on the back, like, he might be more you know, in a high regard regarding that conversation. Yeah, because he'd talk about himself, like, he'd put himself in the conversations more rather than just have everyone else do it for him. Uh, I know what you're saying. Um, So, let me get your predictions on those series then. So we talked about Lakers-Rockets first. What do you think the rest of the series goes? Like, who wins and in how many games? Uh, Ooh, that's a good question. Lakers-Rockets, how many games? Yeah. It's it's a tough call because I think the Lakers are going to win, unfortunately. Yeah. But, I don't know, Houston won game one. I mean, they can do it. And it wasn't like they got dominated in game two. I mean, Westbrook just played bad. Exactly. It's it's different than the Blazers series where the Blazers took game one and then they just got smoked. Yeah. You know, the, the Rockets are a much better team than the Blazers are. Mm-hmm. So, you're taking the Lakers to win? Yeah, I'd probably, I think. Yeah, I'd probably go Lakers in six, if I'm being honest, just because I don't think Westbrook can kind of get his shit together in time. If Anthony Davis learns to play with a little bit of sack, too, I mean, it's all they need. Yeah, facts. He He just has to... Stop being so soft. I mean, he's getting guarded, like you said, by 6'5", PJ Tucker, who's, like, he's a great defender, but as you mentioned, that height disadvantage is huge for them, so... Really starting to hate Anthony Davis, honestly. The more like <laughs> I think about like the stuff that like people say, like that he doesn't want to like play center or whatever. Like he doesn't. I guess he doesn't want to uh, win bad enough. I mean, he's uh, he's turning into LeBron, looky like that that yeah. attitude. So, which I don't love. Like I like LeBron as a player, but he's kind of uh, that guy. <laughs> I know your thoughts. Uh, what was I going to say next? Yes. Oh, yes. The uh, Nuggets-Clippers series. Who wins? How many games? Uh, Clippers should win five or six. Okay. You don't think the Nuggets could take another one? Well, uh, they I could. don't know, man. I, I just think the Clippers are such a much better team. Yeah, I got All you. great defensive players all around. I mean, it's a tough team. It, it is a tough team, but... With the way Jamal Murray's been playing and the, how good Jokic is, I, I do think the Nuggets are obviously really good because they're at this point in the playoffs. But if Kawhi has another bad game and the Nuggets can take a second game, I could see this going seven. And in game seven, I don't know with Jamal Murray. I think this game, this series will be closer than the Rockets series, if I'm being honest, because we saw what happened to the Clippers against Luka twice. Obviously, I would argue one of those games, I wouldn't say a fluke, but uh, you can't do anything about a buzzer beater necessarily. So, this series, I think the Nuggets are a better team than the Mavericks. I think that they have better depth than the Mavericks. I think they have a better starting lineup than the Mavericks. Uh, So, I'm not going to count the Nuggets out. A part of me wants to go with the Nuggets just to disagree with you, but I, I think that'd be stupid. Because I do think the Clippers are going to win. So that's just my roundabout way of saying I think this will go seven. I think is what I was trying yeah. to say. But yeah. yeah. It should. Hopefully. I just want good basketball. You know, make it longer for when the Celtics uh, make the finals. Knock on wood, obviously. Uh, so we talked about the Western Conference. Let's move back to the East. The Heat and the Bucks. Just give me your initial thoughts on this series. It's a mess. I mean... 
Oh shit. It's it's pretty good for the Celtics. I think they match up better with Miami. I'm not saying that you know, it's not going to be a walk in the park. I'm not disrespecting Miami, but they don't have Giannis. Uh who is you know, someone the Celtics have struggled to find like a good matchup against. Um, but it, it's obviously like going in, you didn't expect this. I mean, people were saying Miami could be a good foil to mm-hmm. Milwaukee, but I don't think anybody expected this. Yeah, uh, I think that the Heat have just shown that they are a better three point shooting team because uh, the Bucks have obviously been really cold and. The Bucks defense gives up a lot of threes, and the Heat are the best percentage-wise shooting team in the league. So they've exploited that a lot, and Eric Spolster is obviously a really good coach. So the fact that he was able to see that and exploit it, um, I think shows a big coaching difference too. Uh, speaking of that, Mike Budenholzer, terrible in the playoffs apparently. Like, what is he doing? Did you see that quote he put out about Giannis and Middleton? Uh, no, what did he say? He said... Uh, Middleton and Giannis are looking at about around 35, 36 minutes for the night, and that's pushing it. <laughs> Jeez. Like, how are you going to have the MVP of the league, uh, 40, uh, 50-40-90 guy in Middleton, uh, almost, and say they're only going to play 35 minutes in a game four where you're on the brink of elimination, or game three maybe it was before. But, like, either way, I don't understand how you can do that as a head coach in the NBA. And you know what? Maybe that's why he's never been able to win the playoffs. So do you think that if the Bucks do end up losing in five or maybe even six, is Budenholzer going to get fired because he just can't coach in the playoffs? I mean, I don't know. I'm, I mean, you kind of have to fire coaches, but I personally don't like that. I think it's, I think it's a scapegoat. Really? I mean, these rotations... I, mean, I think they're going to. Okay, yeah. I mean, these rotations, though, have just been so questionable. You know what I'm saying? Like like what I said, Marvin Williams playing in the playoffs, really? Frank Mason? Like, how, how are you going to play those players when you have Giannis and Middleton playing 30 minutes a night in the playoffs? Yeah. It's a good point. I mean... I guess you just you just want them to be healthy. Like I don't know, but like because I'm for making sure players get ample rest. But healthy for you what? Know, I don't have a problem with Brad Stevens does. Like, you know, make sure. I mean, the next season isn't super far away or anything. Yeah, but what you're just gonna like? He, he hasn't played them that much at all in these playoffs. So what's the point of resting them for next season if you're just gonna rest them in the playoffs again and then rest them in the playoffs again? Like you're not gonna win anything like that. It's just, I don't get it. Like, what is he trying to accomplish here? Giannis getting rest to play in the regular season. You don't win championships in the regular season. If the Bucks want to hang banners up in their rafters for, we won the most games in the regular season, feel free. But that, that's not what winning's about, in my opinion. I agree. Um, it's funny you mentioned Budenholzer. Like, if you look back when he was a coach of Atlanta. Exactly, yeah. I mean, what happened there? The difference between that is... You know, that now is that, uh, you know, he's not playing against LeBron anymore and he has the best player on his team. So, arguably the best player in the league, or at least the East. Yeah. I mean, it's just, but he's not playing him. And that's the same issue, like you said, in Atlanta. Like, he's not playing his best players enough minutes and that's going to kill them because other coaches realize that that's that's what you have to do in the playoffs to win. Like, look at Jimmy Butler. 
even if he doesn't score, he's playing because he makes an impact on the floor. So not having Giannis out there, like, what are you doing? Right. That being said, though, Giannis gets hurt, and the Bucks win the game. Is there a correlation there? Um, I'm sorry. What'd you say? I said Giannis gets hurt, right? Giannis got hurt last game. Oh, and they win. Yeah. I don't think there's a correlation. I just think they didn't want to get swept, and they kind of, you know, they played a little harder. So you think that the Bucks are a better team with Giannis on the floor? Of course. Yeah, I mean, obviously that's like, oh, like, what are you talking about? He's the MVP, but... If you watch this series, man, it doesn't look like they're a better team with Giannis on the floor. It's just like... Well, I haven't watched the series, so that's no, I fairness got you. to you. It's just like... But the team is built to play around Giannis. It's Giannis and then people that can shoot the three. So, yeah, I don't no. understand how they could possibly play better without him on the floor. From what I... I just think they kind of had a gut check in game four yeah. and they didn't want to go home yet. From what I, I mean, I don't think he's supposed to play later on. So yeah, true, true. We'll see. What, what I, I guess. what I've been seeing is that like the Heat are like putting a wall in front of Giannis to stop him from getting to the paint, and then having guys just like in the passing lanes ready. So when he's not on the floor, the Bucks' offense is more than just Giannis drive, Giannis kick, Giannis drive, Giannis kick, which is difficult for other teams to deal with. But Eric Spolstra is such a good coach, and the Heat have such a good defensive like mindset that I think they've been able to like kill them. And then obviously the real advantage comes on offense when the Heat just make a barrage of threes, and the Bucks can't do shit about it. But defend yeah. defending Giannis, the Bucks have done a really good job. They've put like Iggy on him, they put Jay Crowder on him, they put Jimmy on him. Obviously, they've just thrown a good like mix of people at him to where I think it makes uh, the Bucks offense just kind of weird. Well, no, Miami's a good matchup for Milwaukee. Obviously, they have the defenders to cover Giannis. Like I said, the Celtics really, uh, the Celtics really don't. Yeah. And they have good players like Marcus, and they have Joe Brown. But they don't have the guy like Butler, or, you know, those kind of defenders. Jimmy Butler's like, I mean, Marcus is just as good, but I don't know. I feel like Marcus is more equipped for Guarding guards. Not that he can't guard somebody like Giannis, but he's no, not yeah. the guy that you put on him to expect him to be stopped. No, yeah, I agree. It's it's all about matchups with the Celtics, I feel like, against the Bucks, Like, rotations are the most important thing. Like, you can't just have Marcus on him the whole game. You can't just have Brown on him the whole game. You need to, like, move, pe- move pieces and players around to stop him and slow him down based on, like, what the defense is running and what the offense is running. Which I would agree with. Uh, that all leads me to my question, though. Uh, Giannis being out, the Bucks getting nearly swept, Budenholzer's rotations. Is Giannis in Milwaukee next season? Uh, probably after, not. After all this? Okay, probably not. So where does he I go? I don't think so. Where does he go? I mean, people keep saying Miami. I don't know why. Yeah. Like, that is such a prominent option. I, well, after the playoffs, yeah. it you know, it has become that. But before that, people were saying, and I never understood why. I was like, I don't get why. You know, they're not that great of a team or whatever. Like, I think good. Golden State's the best the best option for them. Yeah, that'd be terrifying. That would be very scary. 
I would prefer that he goes to Golden State. Get him out of the East. <laughs> Get him out of the East. Put him in the West. Lakers have to deal with him. Then the Celtics, if they made the finals, knock on wood, could just figure out a way to deal with him when they got there. If he's there. Yeah, exactly. Uh, where else could he go besides those two places, though? Something I did see, which is kind of terrifying. Uh, my brother Henry brought up the thought, do you know who does have Caparum and a perfect team with the timeline Giannis is on? I don't know about the cap room, but I think he could fit in Portland too. True. But the Dallas Mavericks can clear up cap room pretty easily. Yeah, I'm cool with that. How how just fucking cool would that be though? Like from a basketball fan rather than a Celtics fan, seeing Luca and Giannis on the same team, arguably the two best young players, the future of the NBA, that's just awesome. Right? No, I agree. I I wouldn't mind that. I don't care where he goes as long as it's in the West. <laughs> you know what? Fair enough. Um, do you think there's a team in Get him the... out of my way. Is there a team in the East that you could see him going to? Well, people say Miami, so I guess that. Uh, um, yeah. true, true, nobody true. wants to go play for the Knicks. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't think there's anywhere else in the East, like you said, besides Miami, maybe. Um I almost said the Cavs because I'm so used to LeBron and free agents going there. It's stupid. And like, <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't think he'll go to the Knicks. I think, like you said, he'll probably go to the Warriors. Sleeper pick, Dallas Mavericks, low-key. Uh, but Warriors and Heat, I would see, uh, say are the most likely places for him to end up next season. Um, outside of that, though, uh, it wouldn't surprise me, obviously, if he stayed in Milwaukee. It's just like... With everything that's happened, how bad they were losing to Miami of all teams, it, it just doesn't seem it, – it's seeming less and less likely that he ends up staying in, in Milwaukee with that system and that coach and that. I don't know what the cap room's thing. like either, but Toronto. Yeah. He could fit there. Yeah, he would fit really well in Toronto. And they're, they're already a really good team. Uh, he'd probably have to play the center. Should I mean, he could fit here if they got rid of Hayward or yeah. Hayward opted out. Yeah, I mean, I'd take him, right? <laughs> I would not complain. I'd absolutely take him. <laughs> We'll have to see. It, it, I think it'll end up being another one of those Durant things where he spends the whole summer touring and looking at places and everyone thinks he'll sign one place, but he ends up going somewhere else. So it, it's... I remember being convinced Durant would combine, uh, sign with the Celtics. He almost like I was, did. He like almost it wasn't did. even a bias thing. It was like I really was like sure he was going to sign here. He almost did too. It was like his second choice, right? Yeah. Hey man, what could have been? What could have been? I will say though... If Durant signed here, we probably wouldn't have ended up with... Actually, yes, we probably still would have ended up with Tatum and Brown. Yes. Still would have added everyone that... Shit, yeah, no, I definitely wish Durant came Yeah, no, that, that's one of the biggest what-ifs, I would argue, in recent Celtics history. Uh, but most one of the most um, vague as well, because it, it really was just a what-if, like a shot in the dark, but... Yeah, so who do you think wins this Buck series? Do you think the Heat win in how many games? I mean, Miami should win today. Yeah. Tonight, whenever they play, they should no problem winning that. Yeah. Yeah, you, you would hope so, right? Uh, something else I wanted to bring up. This has nothing to do with uh, uh, the Bucks Heat. Did you see the comment uh, Shaq made about Daniel Tice? No, what did he say? He said, I don't know who that dude is, but he reminds me of Birdman. <laughs> <laughs> what the fuck? How do you not know who Daniel Tice is? He's literally the starting center on the Celtics. Like, that's not even... I think Shaq just kind of says stuff like that. I don't think he means it. 
That's not even just me being a Celtics fan, though. That's me being like an, a basketball fan. Daniel Tice is like actually good too. Like that's the thing. Like, yeah. He's a beast. Exactly. Man, I don't know. It, it's just it's anybody's game at this point. Going back to the playoffs, I think anybody can genuinely win the finals this year. Yeah, I agree. And it's really getting. I mean, after Game Five, you saw the Celtics have what it takes to you know face some adversity and be able to shake it off and figure things out. Mm-hmm. You know, that was the big question. Oh shit. That was the big question um, going in was that, oh, you know, uh, are they going to be able to pull it out? Are they going to be able to figure things out? Mm-hmm. And they did. So yeah. it makes me feel a lot better, even though, like, you know, like, they could still lose. But yeah, of probably, course. I don't think they're going to. Yeah. Uh, something that just came out on Twitter. 36 minutes ago, Serge Ibaka is in a walking boot after twisting his ankle in Game 5. Oh, very good. Very good. I don't <laughs> like to see people get hurt, but, I mean... If I had to pick a player... All, if I had to pick a player to be in a walking boot, no offense, Serge, but probably be you. It's not It's not that I like that he's hurt. It's just like... Exactly. First of all, walking boot, not the worst, right? Yeah. For sure. You know, there, there are definitely worse things that could happen to him. It's like, he'll probably be alright, but like... Just not having him on the court is nice. Yeah, yeah, it's he's just right. In all honesty, he's might be Toronto's best player in this series so far. I agree, hundred percent. So you know, just one less player for the Celtics to worry about. That's all I'm saying. Uh, yeah. To wrap things up here, I'm on Twitter, right? Uh, and there's these things going around called NBA Instagram for you, Part 14. So I'm going to read yeah. you these takes. Sam's the worst thing on the fucking planet. <laughs> I'm going to read you these takes, and we're going to get your thoughts here, Sam. So the first one was Zach Levine versus Derrick Rose. Currently. Current. Who you got? You want me to pick one? Yeah, yeah, pick one. Levine or Rose? Right now. Right now? I still, I'm, I think Zach Levine is very overrated, so. Really? And I think Derrick Rose is heavily underrated right now. I still think Levine's the better player, but. I suppose I understand. Derrick Rose won 70% of that vote on Instagram. Um, let's see. Aaron Gordon or Montrez Harrell? Harrell, for sure. Yeah, Gordon won that vote by 53%. Uh, very stupid, I think. Montrez Harrell, I would argue, is clearly the better player. He just won six man of the year the other day. Congratulations. What has Aaron Gordon done besides dunk the ball? Exactly. He just, he's just, he doesn't do anything. He's, he's just not meh. good. He's just mad. He's a decent defender, and he can kind of shoot, but that's about it. Um, I think that Magic should trade him and start uh, Isaac at the four. Although I did see, did you see this? Isaac's out for the entirety of next season too, which sucks. I see that? It kind of sucks. He's just had a rough go. He's a great defender. He should. Uh, I hope he gets back on his feet soon. Um, Dame Lillard or Elgin Baylor? <laughs> Why is that even a comparison? <laughs> uh, Dame, Lillard, Dame Lillard won 85% of the vote. <laughs> World he, class from Instagram. <laughs> it really is. And then last but not least, John Morant or Bam Adebayo. That's a, that's a close one. What do you think? I mean, if I'm going to start a team, probably John Morant. But if, you know, like I think... Bam's a good player still. I'd say Bam's better right now. But if I'm starting a team, I'd also go with Ja. Uh, ja won 70% of that vote, though. 
It's just I don't think it was the worst takes. The Damian Lillard and Elgin Baylor thing baffles me. <laughs> they're just not like they're not the same type of player. They're not even from the same generation. Yeah. Like I don't know. It's just because Instagram kids don't know who Elgin Baylor is. It's literally it. Instagram. Instagram's the worst thing, dude. Honestly, like they need to. We need to get rid of. It. We need to start stop using Instagram just to, in general. Just boycott it. Yeah, boycott Instagram. I hate that app with a passion. It's tough. It's definitely a rough look of things. Uh, Twitter's definitely more. You got you got the Instagram girls that are friggin' <laughs> like they they think they're like models and like they yep. that's what they that's their career is Instagram. Mm-hmm. Like that's stupid. Yeah, no. Uh, and you've got oh, you've got it. the kids that try and. The sports pages on Instagram are just the absolute worst. I have this kid <laughs> that like will send like updates from sports pages to like our group chat, and yeah. like everyone's like, "Why are you sending us this? Like, this is not relevant." Yeah, no, they're just kind of weird. The way they word everything, just their takes, is just kind of bad. Instagram just needs to be shut down in terms of sports. Just shut it down, shut it all down. I agree. Uh, anyways. Uh, this was a good discussion, I think, of the NBA. Uh, I'm going to finalize my predictions. I'll go Lakers in six, Clippers in seven, Heat in five, so they win seven. tonight. Yeah, I think Clippers go seven. You think the Celtics win tomorrow? Huh? You think the Celtics win tomorrow? Hell yeah, of course, bro. What are you talking about? Celtics in yeah, six. Yeah, I think they're, they're going to close it out tomorrow. I hope so. So, uh, Especially Ibaka's not playing. Yeah. Well, he's in a walking boot. It's not that he's not playing yet. We don't know that. Yeah, he's, he's we haven't like, been blessed with that good news yet. But listed as questionable is from what I've seen. So yeah, you, if, he, if he doesn't play, it's a wrap. Yeah, I, I agree. So you're going Lakers, Clippers, uh, Celtics, Heat as well. Yeah. And then what are you thinking? Clippers, Celtics finals, maybe. I think the Celtics should be able to handle Miami without a doubt. I I would hope so. It does scare me because they obviously have been playing so well, but. You know, it, it should like, be yeah, okay. yeah, they've been playing well, but I don't know. I just think the Celtics are going to be too much for them in the end. I mean, if you look at the regular season, the Celtics played very well against them. Yeah. Bam isn't a super big center, so, you know, Tice is fine. Tice can play against him. Mm-hmm. No, yeah, I agree. I think they can, they'll be able to handle the, the heat just fine. Is there a backup, Kelly? Uh, Kelly and My- Myers Leonard, yeah. <laughs> So, I mean, Robert Williams can get time against them if he wants. Robert Williams can bully uh, uh, Kelly Olenek. But, anyways, that's probably a good place to wrap it off. Or wrap it up, I should say. Uh, you guys can follow me on Twitter, not Instagram, at Bannertown Jack. Instagram is actually Bannertown USA if you want to hit that up as well. But, other than that, uh, I just wanted to end off with something about football real quick, Sam. I know you don't follow it, but... Uh, recent I hate new, football. Recent with new, a passion. It, nothing to do with the actual sport. So are, you gonna, are you talking about Odell Beckham? Yes, I was going to talk about Odell Beckham. We don't kink shame here. It's not okay. <laughs> not okay? Okay, well, just... Yeah, we don't do that. If you want to look it up, go 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 uh, Google what Odell Beckham is trending for right now, and you'll see what I mean. But anyways, at Bannertown Jack on Twitter. It's rough. It is rough. <laughs> at we ba- don't kink shame. At, at Bannertown USA on Twitter, at underscore from the Raptors. Sam, wrap us up. I need... Mean, Let's not wrap up yet. We're going to talk about it. I mean, when when you're like oh that famous, you can probably have like whatever you want. You probably get sick of like uh, like the normal thing. Yeah. So like, I guess. <laughs> no, not I guess. What I wouldn't do you go mean? that far. Why the fuck would you want that? Like, I no, I, I would never want it. 
Obviously, but, but like, like I don't know. Maybe you get sick of like normal shit. I don't know. I don't understand the appeal, though. Like what? I don't understand the appeal either. <laughs> don't get me wrong. I mean, but I mean, you like what you like. You can't help it. Oh my god, dude! That, like the poor guy. I mean, how, how do you think he feels? That's what he likes. That's so demeaning. I feel like I, I, I maybe you like being shit on. <laughs> Like, we, I literally say that when I'm playing a video game. I'm like, oh, get shit on, kid. Like, whenever I, like, shoot someone. Like, that's like a meme. And this kid, this dude's really just, like, out here doing that in real life. So, more power to him, <laughs> I guess. Huh. Uh, that's just some weird shit. Maybe he knows something we don't. Hey, man. You never, don't knock it till you try it, I guess. <laughs> I think this is what, the one time I'm going to knock it before I try it. Uh, I don't think you could ever pay me enough to try that, so... You don't think shame. That's fucked up. Hey, hey, man! I'm not shaming. I'm just saying personally, I, I would not want something, sh- someone uh, shitting on my chest. So, uh, uh, just personal opinion, man. No shame. No shame. Uh, anyways, uh, but that's a fucking sight. <laughs> All right, we're gonna stop. You can follow me on Twitter at Bannertown Sam. Uh, thank you for listening. That's our show for today. Bye. <laughs>